This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Let's go there. With Shira and Ryan. Oh Entertainment, music, pop culture, LGBT plus news. Let's go there. Start now. Hello, 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 everyone. It is Ryan Mitchell here with uh, Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. It's another day. Another beautiful day. It's Thursday. It is Thursday. <laughs> It's Thursday, the 15th of July. Everything just goes into a blur. That beautiful voice you're hearing is Sharjah Sell, entertainment journalist, all things pop culture guru, and um, award-winning entertainment journalist. I'm not going to forget that. Thank you. I'm not going to forget that. Filling in for Shira Lazar. Thank you so much for being here with me this week. You know what, Ryan? I'm in such disbelief that we're already at the middle of the month. It's disgusting. It's also Jackie Washington Day. I don't know if you're familiar with that cult classic. Oh, J- Jennifer Lewis. Yes, Jennifer Lewis. Yes, and yes, she yes. tapped all her famous friends, Diane Carroll, Whoopi Goldberg. Yes. If you all have not seen uh, Jackie Wash, I think it's Jackie's Back. That's yeah, the Jackie's Back title of the, the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to get into it. It is. It will have you in stitches. Well, we've had, um, was Shangela the drag queen? Because, you know, Shangela and, Je- um, and, and Jennifer Lewis are very close. Don't and, they still live together? Yes, I think roommates? they still live together. And so when, well, well Shangela's in town. And so I, was she ever in that? No, this was Jennifer Lewis in the 90s. Oh, okay, okay, In okay. the 90s. Shangela came in the 2010s, I believe, into Jennifer's life. Well, shout out <laughs> to the queen and shout out to it being almost the end of July. It's very weird. I'm not excited about that. My time birthday's is, coming up. I'm excited it about it. It is. I'm not excited only because time is moving by a little too quickly for me. True. It's very true. But um, we're going to, you know, sit back, relax, enjoy the show. If you're driving, don't sit back and relax. Pay attention, but also listen. Um, <laughs> just say, you know, follow the rules of the I world. I mean, listen, you, you got to tell people, you got to remind people in L.A. to, to just follow the rules of the road. Please, baby. and just enjoy and listen. And it's time to get into today's show because we got a lot that we're talking about. Actually, oh, my God. So. We have Vox.com joining us this hour. Um, We have this amazing, cool, there's a deck of trading cards. It's uh, called the Stack the the Hate Against Hate. It's uh, really some amazing uh, trans representation that we're going to be diving in on. And, of course, GLAAD is joining us to talk about their studio um, responsibility index. They dropped it. And, honey, the studios are not doing good. Let's uh, do that and, obviously, more. Let's dive into what's trending this hour. Ready? I'm ready. Okay, so Amazon workers, um, I'm going to change my song. Boom. Amazon workers, at least two employees, have resigned in recent weeks to protest the company's decision to continue to sell a book. They say frames young people who identify as transgender as mentally ill. The resignation comes after a complaint posted to the company's internal message board in April and how it drew the support of over 467 Amazon corporate employees. 
Um, the complaint by workers points to a decision Amazon shared with Republican senators in March that claims uh, it had chosen not to sell books that frame LGBTQ plus identity as a mental illness. I mean, Amazon, what is happening? Why are y'all not listening to, one, your employees? And also, why are you selling this book? You know, this this toes a fine line for me as, as far as it comes you know, to like freedom of speech, so to speak, and yeah. censorship. Yeah, of course. Because it's always that fine line. Yeah, it's a fine line. Because if Amazon pulls the plug on this, then they're going to have to pull the plug on something else that, that we may like or be in our favor. Yeah. And I'm yeah. not saying that, you know, they shouldn't because I think that they should. I think the idea that trans people are mentally ill is antiquated and well, it's also it, wrong. I'm going to say it's factually wrong. <laughs> it's factually and wrong. So for me, that's where that line is like very clear because yeah. when something is factually wrong, yeah. that's misinforma- misinformation, misinformation. At, that, at that point. So yeah, that's your T, uh, not your T report. Oh my God, that's what's trending this hour. We're going to the T report. What's happening, Sean? Oh my goodness, one of my favorite shows. I know that you tried binging it. It really wasn't your cup of tea, nope. but I come from the school of the SAT. Shout out to Carrie and Miranda and Charlotte and Samantha. Well, the glossy world of Sex in the City is welcoming new blood. HBO Max's upcoming SATC revival, and just like that, has cast Sarita Shoudery, Nicole Ari Parker, and Karen Pittman as all new characters. The 10-episode series, which began production in NYC last week, stars, of course, the OG cast members, Sarah Jessica Parker, Cynthia Nixon, and Kristen Davis. Now, Kim Cattrall, who has played Samantha... Jones forever with this series has famously skipped out on the project. Executive producer Michael Patrick King said in a statement to Deadline, in short, everyone at and just like that is thrilled to have these amazing and vibrant actors to join the Sex and the City family. Each of them will add their unique spark and bring big heart to these new characters and stories that we are aiming to tell. I hate the name. And just like that? I don't like the name. Yeah. I know they tried to separate it and they wanted kind of to feel like it's a new story that's being told. Yeah. Based off the same characters. But, it but just, I'm, I'm excited like, there's new blood. I'm excited that Sex in the City is acknowledging people of color. Um, so, yeah, these, listen, these roles, you guys got to head on over to, uh, it's on Variety. That's where I pulled this. And it, it gives you a full detail on the character breakdown of these roles. I'm very excited. Well, head over to WeAreChannelQ.com to check out more on that story and all of the T-reports that we are covering uh, this hour and next hour and throughout the show. But coming up, President Biden is bringing attention to America's current monopoly problem, and we're wondering how it's actually impacting all of our pockets Mm. because, girl, things are expensive out here. We're diving in on that with Vox. Don't go anywhere. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. All right, the U.S. economy is one of growing inequality. It increasingly feels like those at the top are constantly gaining money and power while everyone else is left fighting for scraps. So how do we solve America's monopoly problem? Joining us is a queen who wrote all about it. Emily Stewart, senior reporter for Vox. How you doing? Hi, how are you? Honestly, I need you to break all this down because, girl, the only monopoly I know is the fake money. (laughs) And I think it's really interesting, you know, how you wrote this article about everything that's kind of happening and and what Biden is kind of bringing attention to. Um, but as consumers, like, break all of this down. Like, what should we really be knowing, especially when it comes to this, this kind of high-level knowledge of America's monopoly problem? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, especially recently, we've, we've talked so much about, like, big tech monopolies, right? So, like, Amazon, Facebook, Google. But I think that... 
and, and like this is kind of a vision of the economy I subscribe to. It's like there are there's just a ton of corporate concentration, so you don't have as many choices as you think that you do. And the story I just wrote, you know, I think one good example is airlines. Like flying sucks, right? Like I have no idea why I have to pay for um, checking a bag. I don't know why I have to pay to pick a seat now. And part of the problem there, not all of it, but part of it is that there are really only four major airlines. And so they don't have to really compete very much with anyone else. And they kind of can be kind of a cartel and do whatever they want. I think another good example is, is broadband internet. Uh, I live in New York City. I have one single broadband provider. They can charge me whatever they want and my service is bad. So I think that there are all sorts of ways where we see these things. We're being squeezed as consumers and we don't really realize it because the idea is that companies should have to compete for our business by giving us better prices or by giving us better services. But, you know, if, if I'm a broadband provider and you're the only, you know, I'm the only option that you have for the Internet, well, I can do whatever I want, yeah. basically, because you want the Internet. That's true. Yeah, and it's odd because, like, as you were speaking, I was thinking about, like, startups and how difficult it is for a lot of startups. Like, if someone were to do an Internet startup, how difficult it would be for them to collect customers because people are going to go with the familiar, whether it's bad or not. People are going to go with the larger name, with bigger advertising and what they recognize. Um, But talk to us about this executive order that uh, President Biden signed to increase competition. What exactly does it that mean? So basically last week, uh, Biden signed an executive order with like 72 different directives. So just a ton of different stuff. Um, And basically kind of addressing a litany of agencies to kind of look at competition across the economy. So I don't know if you guys have seen like the headlines about hearing aids, for example. Mm. Um, Right now, there are basically four companies that sell all of the hearing aids and hearing aids cost $5,000. What? You have to get them from a doctor. What? Uh, So... They cost yeah. that much money right now? That's highway yeah, robbery. Yeah, it's very expensive. And you so want to hear? One of, <laughs> Do I? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that they want to do is, and this is actually something that Congress passed through legislation in 2017, but the FDA hasn't written the rules yet. So the FDA to write rules to say you can sell hearing aids over the counter. So presumably that means there will be more people selling hearing aids and that will bring prices down and also, you know, People need hearing aids, they don't have health insurance, don't want to go to the doctor, but now they can just buy them at the pharmacy like they would, you know, Tylenol or something. And so, like, the executive order really kind of looks at a a bunch of different industries and says, okay, like, how can we kind of change things around the margins? I mean, beyond just, like, breaking up big tech or whatever, to make things fair, whether it be in agriculture or shipping or even, you know, like the wine and beer industry, a lot of the beers that you drink that you probably think are, you know, like local breweries are owned by like Anheuser-Busch. Wow. Why is Joe Biden just now kind of bringing attention to this, especially if it's impacting consumers' pockets in the way that it is? It feels like we're a little late to the game. Yeah, I mean, really over the past you know few decades, we've seen a really lax antitrust enforcement. And I think part of the reason is like, it isn't super sexy necessarily, but he really does have an interesting crop of people in his administration. Um, Lena Khan, who's in her 30s, wrote this big antitrust paper while she was a student at Yale about um, Amazon. She's now head of the FTC under him. And I talked to one expert who said, you know, this is kind of really putting the wind in her sails to say, like, hey, actually address this. And I do think, you know, like, again, as much as sometimes we don't think about these things, like, it's, we feel that. <laughs> 
Yeah. Always. Um, and at some point, I, you know, and obviously, like, we don't know how much of this has actually become reality. This requires, you know, rules, and there will be court challenges. But it, it definitely feels like something you know, people feel and notice in their day-to-day lives. Well, thank you so much, Emily Stewart, senior reporter for Vox, for breaking this down. Please, everyone, go check out her full article on Vox.com because, honey, it is really good. And she always, you're just perfect. Stop it. Get away from me. <laughs> thank you so much. Have a good day, guys. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Okay, so let's talk about the travel industry, which I feel like we've been talking about a lot these past couple of days. We just finished a segment talking about <laughs> planes and Monopoly. There's and- so much going on, but no, um, body positive like influencers um, are basically calling out the travel when it goes to like, you know, going to hotels, you know, airplanes, and saying how, you know, all of them are fat phobic. And um, this, actually, this TikToker who went viral and ended up on Good Morning America. Mary, uh, Mary Fran Donnelly, she's 27. Yes, had something to say about it, and it was like a little bit of a joke. Here's a little clip of that. <laughs> Welcome back to traveling as a fat person with your resident fat ass, me. The theme of this episode is Let's talk about pool towels. Because as we know, towels in hotels suck. So she goes on to obviously say, you know, the the towels in a hotel room, they're so small, they're not made for, for, you know, bigger bodies. They're made for traditional bodies or whatever that looks like. And and I want to say that Ryan did traditional in air quotes, just so y'all know. in air quotes. Um, Yeah, her series uh, has amassed over 7 million views. It is called Traveling as a Fat Person. (laughs) And she pokes fun at all of the stuff. I'm glad that she has a good spirit about it, but I hope that it draws attention to the necessary people who it needs to draw attention to to maybe make some changes to be a bit more inclusive. Well, if I'm being candid, and we were talking off air, like, I think one of my big fears all the time when, like, traveling and stuff is, and, and I'm very confident in my body. I think I, I, I but I'm still human. I still have insecurities. Mm-hmm. And even while I'm, like, traveling on airplanes, you just never know sometimes, like, if you're going to, I always pick the window seat so I'm mm-hmm. not, like, cramped in the middle or anything. You know, there's just things that I think about because I always feel like I don't want what society has made me feel about what what I'm supposed to feel about my body Mm -hmm. to ruin my vacation or ruin the travel experience I'm experiencing. And that's so many emotions that um, bigger people feel. And and I love that she has a series where she talks about that traveling as a fat person because it's true and it's unfair that we're getting treated differently. Yeah, you know, Southwest Airlines has uh, invited plus-size passengers to proactively purchase an extra seat for their comfort. The cost of the additional chair is refunded to the customer at the conclusion of their trip. Larger passengers can also request an additional seat at the airport at no extra cost. I buy no other seat. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, I'm not buying another seat. No. And, I mean, I don't need to buy another seat, but I'm just saying I'm not buying another seat. And the fact that that's what they're offering... And then you'll get refunded when for the extra seat when the plane lands. Girl, like, no. Are you kidding me? Like, it's just awful. I, I just wonder how many listeners, if you have any stories that you feel comfortable, please hit us up at LGT Show. Let us know your travel experience. I also just want to add this. Uh, according to the article that I'm reading right now, it says other commercial airlines such as American Delta and United require bigger guests who need more space than the 17-inch width 
that most airplane of most airplane seats to buy a separate seat for the full cost of their initial ticket. <laughs> and that's what we talk about when fat phobia is everywhere. Literally, everyone's like, why should we be penalized for our bodies? Yeah. That is the, the pervasive theme in all of this. But like I said, I hope that this draws enough t- attention and sparks enough conversation to implement actual change. Because if not, we're just going to keep talking in circles and Marianne or whatever her name is is going to have more more things to cover in her 7 million view series. <laughs> Let us know your thoughts at LGT Show everywhere on social media. We love to have you keep the conversation going. Up next, we got top of the hour. Uh, we got all of our What's Trending this hour. And of course, we are talking all things. Oh my God. Young people, I got y'all better listen up if you're listening because unvaccinated young people are in trouble. Mm. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, it's the top of the hour. It's 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, and 5 p.m. Central. Look at me. I'm proud of you. Telling the time. I am so proud of you. It's exciting, y'all. It's exciting. Big news. Actually, we have breaking news coming up at What's Trending um, this hour. If you live in Los Angeles County, you better listen up. But we got more coming up this hour. Glad is joining us to talk about their studio responsibility index, which is all about keeping the all of the major, you know, Hollywood studios in line and check, making sure they're having queer and trans character stories. And actually, there's something shocking that we uh, that their research showed that we're going to be discussing a little bit later in the show. So stick around this hour. we got a lot to talk about, and um, I'm very, very excited about it. Me too. But let's get into what's trending this hour, this breaking news. I'm going to put on a special song for this. SOS by Rihanna. I mean, it's appropriate. Because, man, what is going on? Um, Los Angeles, uh, breaking news. The mask mandate is back. New L.A. County health order requires face coverings indoors as COVID cases spike. The county uh, previously only recommended mask wearing indoors. The new mandate will take effect at 11.59 p.m. Pacific, um, Saturday night. 
Um, yeah, this announcement was made during a virtual briefing this afternoon. It comes exactly one month after California dropped its statewide yep. mask mandate for vaccinated people. Um, some exceptions will apply, however, health officials said, similar to masking requirements that were in place before June 15th. Um, additional details about those exemptions were not immediately disclosed. So, honey, we, we won't know. <laughs> yeah, I find it. I find it. It's, it's just kind of wild to me because literally it is literally a month to the day. It's wild. We opened up yeah. June 15th. <laughs> it is now July 15th. And also, Ryan, I want to know what that looks like for when we go out. I mean, mask, mask. I mean, at this point, I just went to an event this week and they said that... Um, I remember they were talking about the COVID in the email and they were just saying, you know, you got to use your, well, not even show proof. They said, use your judgment. Oh, they were like, they're, they're not you, liable. Yeah. They said, if you, um, if you are vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. If you are unvaccinated, please wear a mask, but use your judgment because they're not checking. But see, I'm going to an event tonight and they're requiring that we show coat, like proof, oh, like either like in person or upload. Cards? Yes. Wow. So I'll be in a mask tonight. I'm I'm willing to bet. But I'm thinking back. When I say going out, I'm thinking about our wild night we had in WeHo when we ate Iggy Azalea's boneless buffalo wings. I'm just trying wings. to forget it. I'm just trying what to What then it. will that look like? Will we be in high tops and trunks with masks on since there's a mandate? Uh, to be honest, I, my question is, are they about to lock everything back down? I don't think I'm psychologically ready for that. I know. I know. I don't think we all are, but that's breaking news. Um, I was, I did tease a little bit really quickly. Um, there's some new research also about young unvaccinated people and how they're showing up at hospitals with COVID-19. In some cases, being admitted to intensive care and put on ventilators. In disturbing numbers, health officials across the country are warning vaccination rates among younger people are lower than older Americans, according to the CDC. Um, the agency's data shows that slightly fewer than half of the people in the U.S. ages 18 to 24 and 25 to 39 are fully vaccinated. The number is even lower for children 12 to 18 who have been eligible to be vaccinated for months. And so that is your What's Trending this hour. There's so much there. L.A. County, if you're listening, put that mask back on, please. Hopefully okay. you didn't take it back off. Let's get into the tea report. Oh my goodness. All this COVID COVID talk. Well, do you remember Kat Sadler from the E! News? Which I have not heard her name in forever. I forgot all about her. Yeah, ever since E! was unwilling to uh, pay her Jason, what Jason Kennedy was yeah, making. I remember that. Huh. Huh. You know, I also used to get her and Mar uh, Maria Munoz. Menounos? Menounos. Uh, confused. Because like, it kind of looks similar. Maria used to be my boss, but we can talk about that later. Uh, <laughs> a fully vaccinated Kat Sadler revealed that she has contracted the Delta variant of COVID-19. She took to her Instagram on Tuesday night. I didn't really even realize she was 46, but that's irrelevant. She took to her Instagram on Tuesday night and captioned, um, she was lying in bed. You all can head to her Instagram and take a look. She does look sick, but the caption says, I'm telling you this so that you understand that the pandemic is very much not over. Okay, Delta is relentless and highly contagious and grabbed a hold of me even after getting vaccinated. Now, what I should note is Kat Sattler, of course, turned off her comments because I can only imagine some of the things that she saw. But she went on to say, I assumed I would be fined. Well, I'm not. I'm one of the many breakthrough cases that we are seeing more and more of each day. Two days of fever, head throbbing, extreme congestion and some weird pus coming out of my eye. Serious fatigue, no energy uh, to even leave the bed. Now, what I should also notice that Kat mentioned that she was taking care of someone who had the Delta variant. Okay, wow. Kat is fully vaccinated. And when she was around this person, she wore a mask the whole time and still managed to contract it. 
Wow. It's like it's like we can't win for losing. That's the thing. And I mean, it's unfortunate, but that's why we got to wear those masks again and, and stay away from people who are, who are unvaccinated. You, you don't know. I, I know you don't and know. And I'm out here dating. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a whole other thing. Thank you so much for that T-Report. Um, if Get you want to well know soon, more about that story, head over to WeAreChannelQ.com. And uh, now let's get into more show that we have coming up. Oh, my God. This story is absolutely amazing. Lambda Legal is joining us to talk about these new trading cards that are meant to highlight transgender athletes. Y'all, we kicking it back old school American culture. Don't go anywhere because we got Lambda Legal joining us. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, so let's talk this new campaign. Um, this new campaign is launched with the focus of combating this con- the continuous legislative attacks on transgender youth, young adults, and athletes. And they're doing it in this really cool way. It's called Stack the Deck Against Hate. And um, they're They've created like trading cards. All of these organizations have come together. We have one of the organizations that's leading the path is um, Lambda Legal. Carl, Carl Charles, staff attorney with Lambda Legal, based in Atlanta, Georgia, has joined us. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, hi, thanks so much for having me. And we gave you uh, a bunch of tongue twisters today, my name included. So, oh, my God. Uh, nice, like, nice job with that. Thank <laughs> you. I'm like, what, an automobile? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, I think this is so cool. Tell us a little bit about um, why you all decided to do trading cards a part of this new campaign, because that's really creative. Yeah, well, you know, we wanted to, to do something to really um, – you know, get the message out there about what's happening to trans students across the country. And, you know, we wanted to do it in a way that would engage people and get them talking um, and maybe help them, you know, connect with a little nostalgia, but but with a with a, a, a twist for equality. So Lambda Legal and Campbell Ewald have partnered together to launch this campaign celebrating trans athletes by turning relics of hate into symbols of pride. So literally, we are shredding stacks of hateful anti-trans legislation and recycling them into sports trading cards that celebrate and honor trans athletes across the country. Um, and really, we, we want to send a powerful message to trans youth that we see you, that we value you, and we will never let you be legislated out of existence. Wow. I love that. Trading cards are certainly nostalgic. I was just thinking back to like... Like Pokemon cards. Were they confiscated in your school? They were confiscated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I think about... Go ahead. No, they're hot hot commodities, right? And it's a a way to to sort of bring a new uh, twist to something that I think a lot of us can connect with, which is like you know, collecting things and talking about people that we admire and or characters we connect with. Um, so it's, it's a nice way to, to tap into that for, for many different generations of people. So you mentioned the message that you want to send to trans athletes, but what's the like overarching goal with taking this very, very specific approach? Well, so it's a couple of things, right? Um, we're, we're drawing attention to the issue. And then we're also, um, you know, we're also as a part of this, uh, some of the um, proceeds of a raffle of a limited number of decks of the trading cards will will be made as a donation uh, to Lambda Legal, who will in turn use the funds to focus on three primary goals of the campaign, which is awareness, advocacy, and allyship, right? So awareness is using some of the proceeds to educate about harmful and real-life consequences 
that discriminatory anti-trans sports bans have on trans youth. And, and you know, part of the, the whole impetus of this campaign is um, there have been now seven of these anti-trans sports bans uh, passed in states across the country. And that might not seem like a big number, right, out of all the uh, states that we have in our country, but that does not include, obviously, all of the states where these bills were proposed, right, where these bills were brought forward in in legislatures and where state uh, officials, elected officials, were basically debating whether or not trans youth should be able to participate in their schools um, in activities that other other youth get to participate in. So we want to bring awareness to that. Um, we want to advocate against these anti-trans uh, laws, uh, and and some of that will look like lawsuits against. Uh, against these laws being passed to stop them through the courts and and other other attacks of advocacy will be public education and of course um, working in in states with local partners to try to get these uh, the, the to try to keep the bills from passing in states where they have not passed and to try to get them repealed in states where they have passed um, and then and then finally just again lifting up and celebrating uh, youth and and showing young trans and non-binary people that there is a, a, a huge community of people um, who share their identities and experiences and even even a, a larger community who might not, but who care about their well-being and want them to be a celebrated part uh, of, of their communities. So I think that's really at, at what's at the heart of this campaign. No, right. And I'm looking at your website now because I'm looking at the cards and Mac Beggs is on one of the cards who, if you did not know, um, there is an amazing documentary called Changing the Game on Hulu. And I, he is featured in, in that. Um, he's a, a wrestler that has gone through the ringer, but he's amazing. He's a champion, I might add. But tell us um, who's all on all the cards again and then also where people can go and maybe buy some, donate, find out more about the cause as we wrap up here. Yeah, absolutely. So the website to check out is stackthedeckagainsthate.org. No capitals, no spaces, stackthedeckagainsthate.org. Um, there isn't a minimum donation to get a set of cards, but know that whatever you contribute will help trans students and athletes. Um, as you mentioned, Mac Beggs is one of the people uh, on the cards, I don't have a complete list handy of all the athletes, but I know the website has that uh, in much more detail. Um, but again, that's stackthedeckagainsthate.org. Um, they're doing a first limited run of, of the uh, decks of cards. There will only be a thousand decks first. So you mm. want to check out the website soon. Uh, see if that's something you want to uh, try to participate in and take a look at all of the athletes who are highlighted. And most importantly, it can be a really great um, uh, talking uh, opportunity or an opportunity to communicate with your friends and family members who might not know uh, about what trans people are going through right now in the country, right? And it can be a, a nice way to introduce um, a positive, yeah. affirming campaign um, in support of trans people, a way to lift it up with your family and friends. Well, thank you so much for joining us and telling us about this new campaign. It's absolutely incredible. And thank you for all of the work that you are constantly doing um, because this is absolutely amazing. And get your stacks. Please get your stacks. It's stackthedeckagainsthate.org. <laughs> Carl Charles, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much. Take care. All right. Bye-bye.
We have more show coming up. Glad is about to join us because their annual studio responsibility index was released today and revealed that there has not been a transgender character in four years in any major four in any major like films at all. So gross. It's absolutely disgusting. And disappointing. Yeah, so we're gonna talk about that and more of what they found coming up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Okay, so you know, we're postponing our glad thing because guess what? Live radio. Um, and we're trying to get her on the phone. But right now, I we, we're going to switch up the pace. You ready? Oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm always ready. So people are literally documenting on TikTok how they are basically quitting their jobs. And it's actually really intense because I don't know if I'm just from a different old school. And I'm still like, uh, I feel like I'm a cusp, like a millennial Gen Zer cusp. <laughs> but... I, I was about I, to say old school. Well, no, it is feels like I just feel like I would never do something like this. Like I would no. never publicly show the world how I've I've quit. <laughs> and I just want to play an example of what we mean by this because Please. it's absolutely cringeworthy. Here we go. I'm quitting my job of four years today. I have so many reasons I can pussy out of quitting, but I should probably quit. My GM is gonna be so sad, and that's like 99% of the reason why I'm hesitating to quit. But I'm not being appreciated. I went out to get my letter of resignation. It's an I'm sorry for your loss card, and it says it's me, you're losing me. And work is on my way home, so I figured I would just quit now before I lose my nerve. I'm literally shaking. If I cry, I'm gonna be pissed. It's okay. We both cried. <laughs> so what's the point here? So I don't understand. Here's the thing. This is where I think it treads into dangerous territory. For one, you're burning potential bridges. Yes. Especially because you're doing it in such a flippant, sarcastic type way. Uh, sorry for your lost card. And then on top of that, the issue with the viral, I guess, time that we live in right now is mm. everyone is trying to beat the next person to be the most viral. And yeah. you're going to, like I said, you potentially not only burn bridges, but ruin your own reputation. All you have is your name. Do you think there's ever a time to to actually take a, a fi- like a take of being like, I'm quitting this job public? Is there ever a right time I, to I do it? I think that if there's some, some mess afoot, if there's like mm. some sexual assault yeah. or some racism, yeah. if you're willing to, to step out in front and and kind of take those initial bullets so to speak and i'm using metaphors right then um yeah of course but i I just think you got to be really careful publicly because we all want people to champion certain causes but in the same breath we all know what blackballing is like well that's why okay but that's why i'm why i was speaking of early when i started the segment being like i just don't see myself ever doing this i feel like the way that i was taught um, especially how to navigate workplaces mm-hmm. is you you just do it regularly. You do like your, your, your two weeks. There's a way, there's rules to follow. And I feel like now we're seeing, obviously as generations become more outspoken and the internet becomes more yeah. big, they're, they're doing it in a different way. And I'm not sure if it's such a good thing. I don't Because think for so. me, I feel like, am I just, am I like starting to enter old territory? Because I feel like that is just it's, stupid It can be do. tacky. It That's like tacky. shooting yourself in the foot. What I will say is there was one time I was an undergrad and I worked for a retail and I quit mid-shift without really? warning. Yeah. Actually, I'm not going to lie. I'm not even going to joke. I did that with my old Navy job. I hated those damn things. And I was at Forever 21. Hated it. Retail is the worst. So, yeah. I, so I'm going to say I encourage... <laughs> 
you know, especially around those holiday hours. That's just what watch, I did. It. And, and for me, it was tax free weekend, which is oh. something they do down south. Yes, but you just got to watch when you get into your, your career territory. That's it. Yeah. You do not want to burn bridges when you're starting your career because people remember that and people talk. And all you have is your name. That's your only currency. And don't be black. All right. We got more show <laughs> coming up. Don't go anywhere. Top of the hour coming up next. It's over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more rings, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's one thing falling in love with a house, and quite another navigating the world of negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. Guidance from an agent who's a Realtor can make all the difference, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Okay, so let's talk Ben and Jerry's. Mmm, ice cream. You know, you know I'm not yet. really, I was about to say, you. well, Ryan, you know this. I don't know if the listeners know. I'm more of a savory than I am a sweet. I know. It's so strange. You won't catch me. And I love Ben and Jerry's. They have great flavors and very good, uh, like, vegan ice cream, too. Well. That creme brulee, I've yeah. heard nothing but good things about. Now, have I tried it? No. This ice cream company is in the hot seat, which means ice cream is melting because they haven't been on social media. And uh, people are calling them out. Because they haven't tweeted or been on social media since May 18th. That's before Memorial Day. May 18th. And, they're, and you know, Ben & Jerry's is known for, to be this really outspoken brand when it comes to everything social justice, yeah. human rights. They have no problem. They showed up and showed out during all of everything last year. And they, they've continued that energy. Like, they've always... And does I was about to say, and, doesn't it match, like, when yeah. you look at, like, their board of directors and yeah. who they hire and demographics and stuff? They like, it's a reflection. to be that type of company. Yeah. Well, it's been 58 days since Ben and Jerry's that have posted on social media. And a lot of people are saying, the Boston Globe uh, specifically, are saying that it may be tied to the Middle East, um, which is really wow. interesting. And out of all the times for them to kind of just shut their mouths on this, it says, uh, basically, Ben and Jerry's has stopped posting entirely, letting both LGBTQ plus Pride Month and Juneteenth, two celebrations closely linked to the company's social justice mission, um, pass without a peep. The silence prompted the online protesters to rally behind the hashtag. Um, has Ben and Jerry's tweeted yet? Pointing to the company's sudden and unexplained absence from social media as evidence of the effectiveness of their campaign. My thing is... They didn't say anything. I'm th- As you're speaking, I'm thinking about everything that just erupted also yeah. uh, in Palestine with Israel. Well, here's the thing. For the past three decades, Ben & Jerry's has licensed a factory in Israel, which produces oh. and, and distributes <laughs> ice cream in the country and also sells in and caters to Israeli settlements in the West Bank and East Jerusalem. Ooh. So almost a tenth of Israel Jew, uh, Jewish citizens live in these settle- uh, settlements. And so, yeah, maybe they're feeling like they're in a, in a, in a rock in a hard place. 
I'm guessing I'm, so. I'm throwing out all the little old one and twos today. Okay, so I hadn't even read this story, so it's funny that we are on the same wavelength because, mm-hmm. yeah, they kind of got to, it's kind of like, Here's the thing. I was going to stand up for them in a way because I'm like, why are we putting so much pressure on them to tweet? But now to to find out their ties to uh-huh. things, that's very, 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 very um, interesting. It's almost like as the it, only some of you all will catch this reference. It's almost like is it Uchi Wally or is it One Mike? <laughs> Char's in the building, Channel Q. Hello. (laughs) Char has entered the building. (laughs) Uh, A group called Vermonters for Justice in Palestine has long criticized that business arrangement born out of a friendship between Ben & Jerry's co-founder Ben Conan and Israeli uh, businessman Avi Zinger in the 1980s. And so they've clearly had moments where they've worked together, had business relationships with them. And so it, it does seem a little suspicious. It is, but you know, it also in the same breath, I think that's uh, part of the, I guess, downside if you're very, very vocal, whether you be a person or a corporation, because you won't be able to satisfy everyone. People are going to look to you yeah. to comment on literally everything, and I'd venture to say that that's impossible. That's why I don't blame people who... Uh, take a bit, bit of a beat and say they don't want to be considered an activist or an advocate. Yeah. Because I, it comes with you, that pressure. you'll never win. You'll never win. You'll you never have win. To be and the, you have to be perfect. Yes, the model citizen. Yeah. Never saying anything probably. You can't even think it. Nope. Because the psychics will know. Yeah, yeah. It's intense. So I guess that's the uh, double-edged sword with being so vocal like you want to be vocal and yeah. you should be. Yeah. But when you're taking everyone to task every day... People are then going to start looking to you and also questioning you and holding yeah. you accountable as to why you had tweeted since May 18th. And it's <sighs> July 15th. And there's so much that has happened in the news. But like you just said, with uh, with some of those ice cream, where, where they getting the, <laughs> the sources, I'd, I'd be quiet, too. <laughs> wow. Let us know what you think. Are, do y'all think they just dropped off of social media because of this? Are y'all going to eat do. their ice cream still? Let us know at LGT Show. Um, we got more show coming up next hour. Girl. I got to tell you this crazy story about a woman being held captive since May and how she was rescued after leaving notes in a public restroom in Walmart. I'm already ready for the Lifetime movie. I mean, let's do it. Let's do it. Coming up next. It is time for What's Trending this hour. Uh, we are at the top of the hour. It's 4 p.m. 7 Eastern <laughs> and 6 Central. Central. <laughs> It's the hesitancy Ooh. for me. <laughs> I won't get it one day. We're just going to be like clockwork. Oh, my goodness. We have so much coming up this hour. Sharjah Sell is filling in for Sheer Lazar. If you're just now joining us, because I know if you just got in your car and tuned in, you're like, who is this voice? Well, Sheer is in Hawaii, and she should be back. She'll be back Monday. Yes, yeah, she'll be back on Monday. Well, uh, what, what's actually happening this hour? Let's figure it out. So, oh, my God. This is really interesting. It's a New York Times piece that talks about the mean girl and how when how to deal with an adult bully. Which, Ooh. you know, it's really interesting, right? Because I just didn't know adult bullies kind of existed, but... They certainly do. Are you kidding me? Maybe I've just never... I'm, I, I'm not... Maybe you are the be- bully. <gasps> wow. Wow. Produce- you said what, Producer Vanessa? I said maybe he is the bully. What? The dragging that I just took. Hey, adult bullies certainly exist. Okay, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. We have that We have that coming up, and then we're also uh, defining and figuring out what omnisexual means. All that coming up this hour. Don't go anywhere, of course. Now, let me tell you about this crazy story and what's trending this hour where this woman 
was held captive since May. Um, and she was rescued after leaving notes, like a trail of notes in public restrooms. Yes. This is terrifying. This is most definitely terrifying. And I have to put my music on because this is important. Okay, so. These notes of like left on scrapes of paper in public restrooms in like Walmarts across Pennsylvania. Um, authorities were tracking down this woman that was being held captive for months. And the first note discovered basically last Thursday in a Walmart in Pennsylvania. Police said the woman wrote that she was being sexually and physically assaulted by a man. Oh my gosh. Um, and the woman said that she was being held against her will and urged any readers to call 911, include, including. <laughs> an address and warned that the man had a knife. She wrote on one of the notes saying, if I don't make it, tell my family I love them. And so here's the thing. I don't know who found the first note, but whoever did is a godsend. Because yeah. this is a trail that is now like, what is going on? Well, here's the and thing. And they took it seriously. I'm thinking like with authorities, how did they determine whether or not, because this could have been a prank. Yeah. This could have been the woman seeking attention, you know, but because I figured that they're like, oh, she's missing type thing. Um, and we don't know where she is, but this could have been a series of things. I'm just glad that the authorities took this seriously and well, found her. Real quick. So they actually went to the address and nobody was um, nobody answered the door. The court document is basically saying this. Authorities also attempted to contact the woman by phone because she left a number. Um, but with, uh, the man that was holding her captive told them that she was on vacation in New York. Mm. And so one Saturday morning, they found another note at another Walmart. Um, and the note basically said that she had been held since May 1st, 2021. Oh um, and that they were not on vacation. It states that she heard the police knocking at the residence and that the abuse hasn't stopped and please don't give up and so here's the here's the good part about this because we, we're gonna it's really intense at the details of this um she was rescued she was she was God. rescued and apparently this man that she was with they had um basically they were dating they were in a relationship they were in a relationship and they broke up and he still yeah he captured her and basically he is now being charged with multiple crimes including sexual assault um strangulation and unlawful restraint. Uh, restraint um the woman told police that she had been held against her will since may 1st and that he threatened to kill her and her family if she left uh, that you were previously in a relationship and the victim used to have a protection from abuse order See? against him and guess what that still didn't work um, a lot of the times they don't which is let's so keep it real restraining sad. orders a lot of the times they don't so i saw this story and was like we got to talk about this story that is her, one of the major headlines that I'm and seeing. her identity has been withheld i'm putting yeah. his name out there his name is Corey brewer and he's 38 and there's a preliminary court hearing set for july yes, 22nd there yes there is all right, let's get out of what's trending this hour. That was really intense, but I really enjoyed that. Well, not enjoyed that story, but like, it's like, I'm, I'm happy that we can talk about that I'm story ready for the Lifetime movie. movie. Yeah, that's a movie. Even though sure. I really can't watch stuff that deals with sexual assault and physical abuse. Yeah. I can't, and like domestic stuff. I can't. Okay, well, we did have a T report. We're going to talk Chrissy Teigen coming up next hour. We just felt like the story was really important to talk about. It was. Um, so we have did you more. you just call me Shira? No, I said in share. Oh, okay. I thought wow, you said triggered by <laughs> ass words. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, we have more show coming up. We're talking about when the mean girl is a woman and how to deal with an adult bully. We have an author of six books, including Surviving Ophelia and Mean Girls Grown Up. Wow, she's talking about her traumas. Coming up next. Yeah. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. 
Okay, so let's talk bullies because we've all at one point in our lives have come across a quote-unquote mean girl or a bully. Or been the mean girl. Or been the mean girl, yes. But how do you deal with an adult bully specifically in, you know, the dynamics as you've grown older and, like you said, into adulthood? Um, We have Cheryl De La Sega, author of six books, including Surviving Ophelia and Mean Girls Grow Up, joining us to have this great discussion. Thank you so much for joining the show today. Thank you for inviting me. Wow, you have the greatest voice. I was just about to say, it's so <laughs> soothing. Wow, that Do was audio. You got audio books. Wow, Cheryl. that was great. <laughs> so, no, let's jump in this because I think that we should start off by saying, like, I think everyone knows why people bully, like kids specifically, like, because, like, hurt people hurt people type of thing. But, like, why would you be an adult bully? Like, where does that steam from, stem from? Mm-hmm. Well, I think you kind of alluded to the fact that sometimes people learn bad behaviors when they're younger and they kind of stick with them into their adult years. And then I think sometimes, too, um, it's really a matter of the context we find ourselves in. I think I've been hearing a lot more about difficult interactions with people just as we're coming out of pandemic and people are interacting again and kind of getting back to the way things used to be. I I think there's a little bit more stress floating around than maybe before. Yeah, people can be very, very short. And I say this as someone, listen, I'm able to reflect on some things and be very, very honest with myself. I have been bullied and I've also been the mean girl. (laughs) I have, but I'm also... you. Most of us have. Yes, I have been the mean girl sometimes. I have to. Yep. I guess we're all coming to the red table. But I, I realize, <laughs> I realize that, like, like I said, in hindsight, that it was like, oh, I was intimidated by because I'm not an, um, a person who's envious. Yeah. But like, as far as like being intimidated and kind of asserting my dominance, yeah, that's how the meanness you're comes your in. Claim. Yeah, 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 yeah. So as far as adult bullying, um, I kind of peeled over this one book called The A-Hole Survival Guide by Robert Sutton and I know that you have your books and he breaks down in his books about uh, the types of bullies. Are there different types of bullies in your opinion that show up in adulthood? I think so, yeah. I think that it's kind of like we were alluding to I think there are people like all of us have the potential to react badly and to be aggressive when we don't really intend to. So I call those kind of the coincidental, you know, it's Mm -hmm. something is going on in your life and you're, you walk into work and somebody says something to you and it's not even about them, but you react to them badly. Or on the other hand, you know, maybe sometimes you're in a situation where you're intimidated and people are more threatening to you than usual. And you, again, react in a way that is not typical for you. So I think there's kind of the contextual sort of bully, but then there there are people who have this deep-rooted need. It's an insecurity. It's about them. It's not about you, but too often it gets interpreted as being about you. And it's just a really bad way of relating to others. And it takes, unfortunately, usually it takes something pretty extreme to break them of those behaviors. Mm-hmm. So... Let's talk about this then, because obviously Mm -hmm. I want to know the tips, because how do you even realize you're a bully? And then how do you deal with said bully? Like if you're if you're being bullied, how do you deal with that? And then how do you realize, well, am I the bully? Like, how do you look inward? Yeah, good questions. So I, I think if you feel so, if there's something going on and I use the 
acronym HIM, harassment, intimidation, and manipulation. So if you see this kind of pattern of behavior that's going on repeatedly, that's, and you feel you're taken advantage of, and you're constantly on the defensive and trying to not interact with this individual, that's bullying, in my opinion. Those are the behaviors that I call relational aggression, and they really are very typical of somebody that is relating to you in a, in a way that is not, you know, you and me, it's more me, me, me. So that's the behaviors that I hear of most often, and that kind of drive people to consult someone like me. And as for how you interact with a person like that, I think you have to develop your own style. I've worked with thousands of women in particular around these issues. And some people are really comfortable, you know, just saying, excuse me, what did you just say to me? I'm not following what you said and kind of using this. Yeah, kind of using this broken record or, you know, like the Columbo technique, I call it, you know, can you explain to me what you're talking about? Or could you really, did you really mean to say that, you know, my, my new shoes are hideous and remind you of, you know, the Wicked Witch on Wizard of Oz or something like that? And then there's the other techniques that sometimes people are comfortable with humor, like, you know, just having, you know, something funny to say, oh, yeah, sure, I agree with that and walking away. Other people handle it by I have a whole description of different kinds of conversations, intentional conversations If this behavior gets repeated again and again. Don't confront in the moment. Set up a time when you can have mm-hmm. a discussion with the person, especially with the coworker, and talk to them in a neutral environment at a neutral time over coffee sometimes or something, you know, that is a little bit distracting and just say, you know, I'm I'm feeling like I'm getting this vibe from you that I'm not living up to your expectations if it's your boss or whatever or yeah. if it's just a coworker, you know, I'm not I'm not pulling my weight or I'm just getting this consistent message. Is that correct? Because I know we're both on the same team. We both want to do our best. And so I just thought I would check in with you and having it be more of, and especially if you can do this proactively, like don't wait for it to build up. For for it to boil over. Right. I have a question really quickly because we, we, we're going to have to wrap up here, but I do wonder, Mm -hmm. uh, do you think bullying happens? Is it gender? Like, do you see it happening in more, more women relationships or male relationships? Like what, what is kind of research there? What have you kind of come across? Does it happen more if you're in women relationships? Like, what does that look like? So men go to war and they fight physically and their aggression comes out that way. And women have always had this, (laughs) <laughs> kind of relational way of interacting and it when it's you know negative it comes out as bullying yeah and it sounds like it's rooted in ego and narcissism so we all would would do a a service to ourselves with stepping back and looking into the mirror but I love the tips that you offered because I was literally thinking of examples of like humor when I've gotten out of bullying like with challenging and I'm also really good at aside from coworkers, but with friends that one-on-one thing that you mentioned at the end like uh something feels off let's address this and nip this in the bud right now so that it doesn't carry into next week yeah it's good Good for you well cheryl thank you so much for joining us you were absolutely so great for this conversation um get you know well i enjoyed it of course and uh, everyone if you loved her just as much as we did she's an author of six books including surviving ophelia and mean girls grow up thank you so much for joining the show Thank you. All right. So coming up, we are diving in on what omnisexual means and the difference between 
that and pansexuality because it kind of feels like this yeah, same I, thing. I need to know. Yeah, we're breaking it down. It's okay. We got you. Okay, so we're talking all things omnisexual and pansexuality. And honestly, I know what pansexuality is, but I've never heard of omnisexual. And we're super happy for our guests to be joining us. Dr. Deb, hi. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, let's go there. Let me give you your good uh, intro real quick. You are a sex and relationship therapist in the Philadelphia area. Thank you for joining. Let's go there. Okay, talk to us about omnisexuality. Okay, so, you know, there is almost a precursor to this, right? Like, these are all almost, uh, you know, diversity is understood on a a spectrum-based model, right? Because we know that there's so much variation, even within labels, right? Like, there's there's so much variation in um, being a lesbian. There's so much variation in being bisexual, right? So omnisexual basically is attracted to all genders and sexual orientation. But one of the difference between omnisexual and something like pansexual is that omnisexual is um, gender is still a factor in their attraction, Okay. So there may be variations of times where they may be attracted to one gender or another, but they're aware of gender. Okay. Now, let's take something like pansexual. Wait, and you're, okay, okay, so you're saying omnisexual, I just want to clarify, is there's still yep. a factor of gender in omnisexual? Yeah. Okay. Versus pansexual, yep. gender is not a factor. Pansexual, gender isn't a factor. Now, here's the interesting thing, too, is that a lot of people... Um, will we'll interchange these terms. So someone may identify as both pansexual and omnisexual, okay? So it's really hazy. But the big difference, the really only difference between something like omnisexual and pansexual um, would be that the pansexual person technically is con- considers themselves gender blind, okay? So they're mm. technically, in theory anyway, not noticing gender. Um, so you are, you know, just attracted to, you could be attracted to the energy of someone, okay? It doesn't even have to go into gender or male, female, non-binary, et cetera, okay? It could literally be the energy of a person recognizing them as a person, and that's it. A human being. Mm. Wow. Okay. Wow. That was such a lesson in all in that moment. Because I, I guess you know, as you know, sexual sexual identities expand, and we we have these very nuanced conversations about what what it, it what it all is, and how you know people are just constantly evolving and humanity is just evolving. Gender identities are expanding as well. Yeah, and it's so yeah. it's, it's one of those things. Like, how do you continue to? I guess. No, actually, let me ask this question. How does omnisexual sexuality look in practice? Like, what does that necessarily mean? So that would look like, and again, they're both very similar, right? So if I'm omnisexual, I am aware of the fact that the person that I may be attracted to is a non-binary, okay? I'm aware of it, aware of it. I know what, it, what the, the, the gender means, what it looks like. I'm attracted to them, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, just on the 
other side of pansexuality, at least in theory, I don't notice the gender. You're a human being to me. Okay. And nothing else. Yeah. You could even be an energy system to me. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. And, you know, think about it. Like, have you ever been, and, and I think as human beings, we can all connect to this on some level, right? Mm-hmm. You, you meet somebody and you feel their energy. And for whatever reason, you're attracted to it. It may not be sexual attraction. It might be just like, wow, that person is cool. Or, you know, I like that person. I don't know why I like that person, but I, I'd like to spend more time with that person in a totally non-romantic sexual way. So, yeah, I've been there. We actually have to take a quick break, um, but I want to keep you on because I want to talk about allyship, especially when it comes to um, omnisexual people and especially even in our inside of the LGBTQ plus community, how we can be better allies to all of these new um, just people and just humanity in general. And so don't go anywhere. We got more Dr. Uh Dan coming up. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, so we are back, and we are having a really great discussion about omnisexuality. If this is the first time you've ever heard of that, Dr. Deb Lano, a clinical um, sexologist and relationship therapist based in Delaware, has joined us. Thank you so much for being on the show. You are welcome. Thanks for having me. Okay, so I, I think what's really important, especially as we're we're kind of wrapping up this most definitely necessary conversation, um, how how do we be better allies? Because in our community, it, I mean, sp- speaking specifically to LGBTQ plus people, you only know the letters that I just said, right? And it's so expansive. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we forget about that and we forget about how to be better allies to all of these expansive uh, gender and sexual identities. So how can we show up for omnisexual people in, in especially as this, this term starts to become more into the, I guess, quote unquote, mainstream or whatever that means? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I think, um, I, I think we need a, a lesson, uh, I think, as a culture, and, and there's always outliers, right? But just on, on judgment, okay, like approach things with an open mind because recognizing that every one of us has a different experience in so many different ways, right? Like for so many years, the messaging has been we're all the same, right? I mean, that's been the, the big breakout of, of a lot of diversity. We're not all the same. We're not you know, we're rainbows amongst rainbows amongst rainbows. So, you know, having an open mind as well as, you know, some education, you know, getting educated on what it actually means, you know, for someone as well as like, you know, getting to know people who, who identify as omnisexual because, you know, as much as there's diversity, there's also a lot of similarities between people, right? So, you know, really connecting with, with the human you know, part of a person and not looking at, at their sexuality, right? I mean, we, we never want to do that. We never want to, like, really look and make a judgment on someone's sexuality because it doesn't impact us, you know? So, you right. know, I think those three things are, you know, the big things to become an ally, right? Education, mind your judgment, and, and getting to know people, well, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us and really having a, such a great conversation and opening our minds up because, honestly, I had no clue. This was fantastic. This was incredible. Everyone, please make sure. Will the, will the O, one quick question. I know you're rapping. Will the O, yeah. do you think the O will eventually get their own letter within the acronym? I do. 
actually. I do, yeah. yeah. You know, it's just so interesting because, you know, we've got, there's so much variation, right? I was thinking about this earlier. Like, in theory, you could be an asexual, omnisexual, right? So, you know, you may not have romantic sexual feelings, but you are attracted to that person, any person, any gender, right? So there's there's so much crossover, you know, um, you know, within all of this. And mm. it's, a, it's a beautiful thing to just kind of watch it grow. Wow, that's Dr. Deb Leno, a sex and relationship therapist in the Delaware area. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. It is time for our yet. Yes, Queen. And this goes out to all of those amazing people. You know, our what? Yes, Queens. We love to highlight all the things that make us feel good, all the people who are doing incredible things. And we love to end the show on a high note. Well, this one goes to a beautiful story. A group of 10 high school students made it possible for a father with an impaired mobility to walk with his newborn son. Oh, my goodness. This is making me emotional. I'm reading it. So three years ago, Jeremy King, he's from Germantown, Maryland underwent surgery for a brain tumor that resulted in physical challenges, like not being able to balance well. When he and his wife, uh, Chelsea, found out that they were expecting in June 2020, the two were concerned about how they would take their child out on walks and other activities. Well, these amazing students, uh, because Chelsea turned um, to this uh, teacher, Matt Ziegler, um, at Bullis School, a K-12 school where King also works as a drama teacher and advisor for assistance, and she asked Matt, if he could help them come up with something that might attach to Jeremy's wheelchair. Well, basically, uh, Matt, he teaches a high school class called Making um, for Social Good, in which students design products that will have a positive social impact. And of course, this positive social impact was their amazing idea to create this really cool attachment that goes on um, his wheelchair. And it literally it holds looks the baby. So good. It it's looks like, so good. And you know what? This is one of those things that not only is such a tremendous act of kindness, but I never stopped to think up until now. Mm-hmm. I never stopped to think about how parents who might have mobility issues would wheel strollers around with children. And I'm also wow. surprised nothing yeah. has been created up until now, to accommodate wheelchair-bound parents. Well, here's the crazy thing. The students use their school's makerspace to print 3D print several parts and purchase others from Home Depot uh, Depot to build the attachments. They got a wheelchair from a school nurse to use as a test model. And throughout the process, they would frequently check in with um, the kings to ask questions and get their opinions. Honestly, these little scientists were making it work, and they created the prototype. I mean, somebody, one of these kids... They better patent it. That's what I... I'm saying because this is a million Before dollar Bezos idea. Comes in. <laughs> this is a million dollar idea. And um, Chelsea King, the wife of um, her husband, basically said this. I love the idea that these students got this project and it'll be something long lasting. I know that they'll remember that for years to come, which is all you can hope for as an educator, which is they're talking about Matt Ziegler. I don't, this is just absolutely beautiful. Uh, if you want to head over to WeAreChannelQ.com to check out the che- uh, Chelsea and Jeremy King story and, and seeing him on this walk with this attachment. Oh, my goodness. That's our Yes Queen and our show. We have covered so much today. Did you have a good time, Char? I did. I had a good time, One more too. day. One more day. Of course, we have so much more coming up tomorrow. Um, 
oh, oh my God, Bumble might be opening a restaurant? That's actually really interesting. Um, and then how should an influencer sound? I don't know what that means, but we're going to dive into it. Right now, we got Loveline. Um, so stick around for that, where Dr. Chris will be covering unrealistic relationship expectations. Wow. Get ready for that one. Honey, remember to slay. That is the show. Bye, y'all. Have a good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.